gear up as Cash Miller and a team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the agency power show. Hello, everyone. I'm Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. And today we're going to be talking split testing. How are you checking those ads one against another and stuff? I've got with me Chase Neely of Leverage Brands. Chase, it's great to have you on. You are an expert in split testing and such and and making sure that, you know, seeing which ads the winner. Uh, it's great to have you. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself and your agency. Yeah, definitely. Well, first, Thanks for having me, Cash. It's really an honor, and I'm, I'm happy to talk to your audience about split testing and really just marketing theory. What, what, why do we split test? Why do we do these things? Um, because at Leverage Brands, what we have learned is that marketing is a science, yes, but it's inexact. And so we have worked over the past five years with thought leaders who wanted to understand why their gut feelings about the way that their audience interacted with them was true. And we've used split testing to do that. Uh, along with other tools and other tactics. But I'm really excited to talk to you about that today. Yeah. And, you know, for those business owners out there and stuff that don't totally understand, like when we talk split testing, what we're talking about is, you know, we're taking two ads and we're running them like against each other. You know, we're seeing they're two different ads. They might be running on Google or Facebook or whatnot, um, any platform. But the idea is that you're going to pit them against each other to see which one performs better than the other. And the general methodology is to drop the loser after a certain amount of uh, data is accumulated and such, you know, to see which one performed better, but then you're not going to like assume that the, uh, the winner is your permanent ad either, because you're going to want to make changes and then you're going to continue these tests. Uh, that's, that's what you do. And, and you're, you're never going to get perfection out of it, but you're trying to make incremental improvements. You know, people often wonder like when we're running ads and we say, Hey, we've got, you know, tweaks and things we're going to do on a monthly basis and stuff and, or on an ongoing basis for your campaign. They're like, okay, what are you actually doing? Well, this is one of the primary things we do. Um, you know, so Chase, Chase or yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, Chase, let me, uh, <laughs> we got, we got similar names. I get called Chase more times than you could believe. Yeah. And I don't know if people get your name wrong at times and stuff, but I know that for me, yours is the actual, like, when somebody gets it wrong, it's always that name. That's that right. I get called. A hundred percent cash. And listen, I was outside the office talking to my team before this interview and I just said, cash, 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 cash. I wanted to make sure that I had the name <laughs> ingrained in my head. So I'm raring to go, you know, I'm, I'm ready uh, because it is, it's very similar. You got yeah, yeah. Jason cash coming at you live. Yeah. Okay. So let's start, um, let's start with principles, you know, so yeah. go through for our audience, like what are the fundamental principles, you know, that need to be like followed when we when we start, you know, doing split testing, when we're running these ads against each other. Yeah. And I think that there's even a deeper level of theory to talk about before we get to why we run split tests. And that fundamental theory is that we got to always be learning. I was telling you, uh, Cash, it's marketing as a science, but it's mm -hmm. an inexact science, right? And so even in the digital marketing space, we started, my business partner and I started working together in 2012. And if I think about the things that have changed since 2012 oh, yeah. to now, it's, it's, insurmountable amounts of information have changed. And so for us, it starts with this core belief that we don't know everything, mm -hmm. that we can figure it out. Everything's figure outable. Yeah. And so we go into split testing with that idea. And you mentioned ads specifically, and I think that's a great clear picture because it's so black and white. You have 
this ad has this thing, this ad has a different mm -hmm. visual or a different, um, maybe a video instead of a visual, whatever it is. And so you can really A-B test those two things, but we also use it for all of our business. Um, so we A-B test launches against each other. Uh, we A-B test the number of webinars that we do. Mm. We A-B test all these different things. What is the core mission of an A-B test? It's to optimize your business. And so you can do this from operations to launch strategy to even down to the, the minute detail of a, of a Facebook ad. But you can use it across your business to get you from good to great. And I think that's it's it's kind of a hedgehog concept. If you're familiar with Jim Collins, mm -hmm. it's a hedgehog's concept. We're going to keep spinning that flywheel so that we can improve. Yeah, and that's, that's the theory behind it. Yeah, because you're right. You can you can use it in multiple aspects of your business. It's you know just a matter of like you know determining where you want to test it because you're you know you're still pitting two things, two concepts essentially against each other, not necessarily just two ads. You know, so there's a number of things that you can do. You know, you could use it in, you know, if you're talking marketing tactics in SEO, you know, you can pit mm -hmm. a couple of pages and you can optimize them slightly differently to see which one's, you know, going to get a better target audience and stuff, even if you're going after the same, like, core theme, you know, between the two. You know, so, and same thing with operations and whatnot. You know, you can have, hey, you could take a number of things. You could take projects and you can have one project manager do things a certain way and another one do it a different way, you know, for communication with clients. And say, okay, you're going to follow this methodology for your communication, and then you're going to do it this this way, so we can see which one works better and people are more responsive to. You know, same thing, following following up on leads, any number of things. You just have to think about, you know, that the, you know what the possibilities are, and once you start doing that, you're like, yeah, I could test this against this and this and this. You know, especially when it comes to like processes. You know, and, and every business has processes. Yeah, and I think it's you start seeing the opportunities across the board um, to A-B test. And I think that's the thing that people, when they start split testing, they get so excited about it that they start to make some of the kind of base level mistakes, Cash, that mm -hmm. you and I have seen time and time again of either A-B testing and choosing a winner too soon, yeah. right? Or they are testing more than one thing at once. So you don't know what worked. You just know that it worked better. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's, you, you get so excited about implementing this in your business because you're improving. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so you have to be disciplined and self-controlled in going through this split testing so that you have an intentional result you're trying to achieve. Um, and, and to do that systematically so that you're not throwing the kitchen sink at something. Um, I'll give you an example. We were working with a large personal brand, um, over seven figures in revenue. Mm -hmm. And they had been running a launch for a particular product for, gosh, it, it must have uh, four years. So they had run this launch 10 to 12 times. They had a ton of historical data on it. And instead of A-B testing, what they had done was add. Okay. So they had just added something on top of it. They said, okay, this worked well. What if we add three days at the end of the launch? And so they ran a launch with three extra days. And then they said, okay, what if we add three more webinars? So they added the launch with three days and three extra webinars. Okay, what if we add Facebook ads to get it to people to the webinar? So they had Facebook ads, they had the three extra days. And, and so over the course of time, it just became this huge launch machine that nobody knew why it was broken, but it had broken. Because they kept adding, so, yeah, they kept adding stuff right. to it without really, che you know, checking it. So they didn't measure it again. Yeah, yeah. At some point they added something that broke the system 
but they weren't paying attention to it. If they had been checking it at the time, you know, they would have seen, been able to catch it. Oh, this is the thing that went wrong. That's right. Yeah, it's hundred percent right. It yeah. was, and that's the other failure with AB testing is that you don't check again. You don't check back. Yeah. You, you don't check to measure what actually worked. And so we came in and we said, we're, we're stripping this down to the core of the launch, which was webinars and emails. We believe you're going to get a similar or same result by just running a webinar instead of running all the other things that you've done before. Mm-hmm. And so what we did was we came in and we actually beat the previous launch result because we stripped it down to its basics. Yeah. And now they have a new baseline to test from. But you gotta you gotta make sure that you're always testing against the baseline and then against the winner. Yeah. So yeah, that's exactly it. So I mean if you put it back in the context of ads, you've got you've got your you know your base ad that you're running. You've got another one that starts, it can start life as an identical copy, except that you're not running, you know, you're going to make some tweak before you start running it. You're going to change something significant. It could be, you know, the, you use a different image. All the text is the same. It's just a different image. You know, it could be the subject line, you know, whatever it might be. Same thing with, you know, whether you're running like ads, you could do this with the emails, you know, any number of things. Cause, and then you're saying, okay, what are, which metric, you know, typically is it going to be, you know, matter the most in this particular thing? What are we looking for? Yeah. Like it could be clicks, opens, you know, to be able to get something and then, okay. So you've got the base and then the idea would be that whatever change you did, that one did better, but it becomes your new base. Yeah. Because, okay, now this one's performed better. So now we'll hold on to it. Now we're going to change this, run a second, another ad, you know, with that, the base one's still running because you got to still accumulate more data. Yeah. And then, and you keep going back and forth until, you know, and you have to allow for enough data, you know, to be able to make a decision, a determination of what's, what's the winner. That's right. And I think about it. The first time split testing was introduced to me, I didn't get it. Okay. This was back in 2013, maybe Mm -hmm. 2012, something like that. I was like, okay, so we're making a decision on what's the best after a thousand visits to a website yeah and you're telling me it was 0.2 percent better so that's two or three clicks and because of that we're going to now run with this new sales page that's completely different from the one that we tested initially mm-hmm. um i'm reminded of warren buffett he he is probably uh, you know we all know who warren buffett is we know how successful that he's been but one of the things that he says that i think is countercultural is that instead of doing a hundred things hundred ideas in the stock market, he's going to have his 10 best ideas and he's going to stick to those Yeah, because they're his best ideas. Yeah. And so why run the other think, 90 if they're not as good? A hundred percent. So with your split tests, even run your best ideas mm-hmm. and give it enough time, enough space, enough sample size, really yeah. statistically, statistically significant sample so that you can choose which one's actually the best, not just based on, well, we got to change it to make it different. You're not changing to make it different. You're changing it to make it better. Yeah, I think that's another thing that people do um, is that they they forget to change to make it better. Yeah, that's really you know that's exactly it because often they'll they'll change it to change it and they'll often change too much about it. So if you do change, uh, you know, because you can run two ads that are significantly different against each other just to see which one you know is going to get more traction. But honestly, even if you're doing that, you're just figuring out which one should be your baseline if you because you don't know necessarily. So you start with two much, you know, like uh, much more different concepts. Yeah. And say, okay, 
give them enough time to figure out which one is going to be the better one. You know, that just seems to resonate better or whatever. And then you take from there, then you start doing your incremental changes, you know, so you can do something, you know, more drastic. Like there's a lot of different ways to kind of conduct split testing, depending on, you know, who you're working with, what kind of, you know, if you're running ads, emails and stuff like that. 100%. It's, it's the best time to run a split test. Let's talk about that for a second. The best sure. time to run a split test is at the very beginning or after you have a bunch of historical data on something, mm -hmm. right? Because at the very beginning, you're seeing what the baseline is, what you just said about those two ads. You have apples and you have oranges, and you're saying, okay, which one does my audience respond to better? But then after historical data is in place and you have an ad that's performing, then you run a split test of, okay, apples to apples that are green apples to yellow apples, yeah. green apples to red apples, you know? And and you just, you test that one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. I think that's so, so critical. That's a really great Good point. Ken. Yeah, that's a good visualization right there. You know, like I say, we start with an apple and an orange, you know, and we see which, you know, you're seeing which type of fruit do people prefer? Okay. They all prefer the apples, you know, over the oranges. Okay. So apples are our baseline ad. And then from there, you say, well, we ran the, you know, that ad and the image was a red apple. So let's run it against a yellow one and, you know, and green apple and so on. Yeah. And so you, you know, you do that. So that becomes the change. And then, of course, you know, a number of other things, you know, it could be just, you know, okay, we've got the image. Do they care what the type of apple is? You know, in the subject line and mm -hmm. stuff, we're, we're mentioning it versus maybe in the text. You know, so you're looking for those things to change stuff incrementally. And that's, you know, what we end up having to do, you know, on a monthly basis. It could be, you know, a pay-per-click ad and you have nothing but text to work with. You know, so you got to play with the descriptions and, you know, or it can be the landing page. You know, because because if you're you know on the front end, you're looking at how do we get more traffic? You know, how are we showing more and stuff? You know, but we're getting more people to click through. But then how are we? You know, we're testing to get more conversions. You know, that could be right. that could be things like placement of, you know, uh, submit forms using buttons versus, you know, it can be calls to action, any number of things. Yeah, I think that the other thing. To remember with these split tests, a lot of people use these as a silver bullet. They think that one split test is going to make the change in their business to take their ads from unprofitable to profitable. Yeah. Um, it's just not true unless it is. And that's great. But that's like planning for your, your agency to catch a whale client. Like mm -hmm. When it comes along, outstanding, we want to be ready for it. And it's probably not going to happen. You got you to hit the singles and doubles before you hit the home run. If I can yeah. use a baseball example. And so when, when you think about the split testing on like a landing page, um, you, you take what you have and you're looking for that incremental improvement over time. It's not going to be the difference between nobody converting and all of a sudden like 50% conversion rate. Right. right. Um, and I think that a lot of people view that as like a silver bullet. And if I may say this, if your offering stinks, then it doesn't matter what your split testing is. <laughs> yeah. so you, you can't trust this yeah. as the only thing to make you make you better. Um, you gotta, you gotta spend time on everything altogether. And, and that's part of it. Yeah, certainly. Um, I know meta is running a Facebook test and stuff where, um, and I don't know if they're still doing it, but they were recently, um, cause they're incorporating AI into it. And what they're running is 50,000 split tests. So they're running, it's 50,000 iterations of ads and they're using AI to make the adjustments quicker. You know, so that, the, you know, because they're testing it to be able to incorporate such thing into the ad platform. Yeah. You know, so the idea is, is, you know, they did exactly that. They started with the baseline ads and stuff and they're letting AI 
you know, make the changes to the ads, you know, to be able to do it a lot quicker. You know, and then they're running, of course, running those ads, gather enough data to make the next change. But the AI is allowing them to, like, they were doing some, um, like, estimate of how long it would take if you had humans do it, <laughs> you know, to do that many split tests and stuff. And it was like, yeah, we need to put hundreds of people on it over, like, six months, you know, to be able mm -hmm. to, to conduct 50,000 split tests based on a single campaign or, you know, essentially, you know, whatever they're, you know, running the test to advertise. Yeah, you know, but that's the idea is, like, because that's what we have to do is, it's like, say, you know, it's run the ads get enough data, figure out which one's the winner, figure out what the iteration should be, test it again, rinse and repeat. You have to keep doing these steps over and over and over again. 100%. It's so interesting you brought up AI. Um, just a quick diversion, but I think that, you know, a lot of the marketing, people in marketing are wringing their hands with AI about it replacing content writers or whatever else. AI is a tool. It's like any other tool that we have right now. Who knows how, yeah. how refined it gets? I mean, that, that type of A-B testing, can you imagine having that at your fingertips? But at, ultimately, it's still a tool yeah. that you have to use well. Um, you can give me the best driver in the world, but I'm still going to slice my drive right on the golf course. So for, for us, as we're thinking about how that applies to what we're doing with split testing, it's a great tool. But if you're running the wrong split test, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it goes back to like your product offering and stuff. You know, if the offering's no good, I don't care how many tests you run, it's not going to work. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So we're not magicians, right? We're marketing, we're marketers and um, yeah, that's, we're scientists, really. I know. That's, that's a lot of what people don't understand is, you know, well, it, it is a lot of science in a sense because, mm -hmm. and, you know, we're, a marketer has to be, if they're running any kind of ads whatsoever, you have to be part data scientist, you know, because you have to understand the numbers that are coming back at you and what they actually mean. You know, in the sense, it, yeah, everybody understands what a click is, right? But it's the underlying meaning behind it of who clicked. You know, did we hit the right audience? What were the actions they took and stuff? And, you know, understanding, you're also understanding people on like what resonates from an emotional and kind of, I guess, intelligence standpoint. You know, it's like, why did they click? What was it? So I changed this. And, you know, so why did this message resonate better than the previous one when all I did was change a few words? You know, so that can be difficult, you know, to really understand why did it work? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it's the, it's knowing your core audience that well, mm -hmm. right? We talk a lot about when you're, when you're just starting out or when you're building a campaign for somebody, you got to identify their niche and who they're talking to. The reason for that is not because they can't talk to more people. It's so that you can use the words of the niche when you're trying to penetrate that white noise yeah. in the ad space or wherever else. You got to go deep so that you can get the breadth, the depth for the breadth. And I think that it's it's so critical to know your audience so that you can look at that and have an actual insightful response to the data. Because I've worked with Facebook ads people in the past who just give you the data. You're like, okay, well, so what? <laughs> what does yeah. this mean? Um, to your point, and I think that it's it's crucial to have somebody in your marketing arsenal who can actually look at the data and interpret it for you. Back when we started Leverage, um, it, was, it was in what I'll call the the heyday of Facebook ads when everybody was doing them. Mm -hmm. you remember that? Yeah. Like 2018. Everybody said, this is the way to scale your business. This is the only way to do it. You can do it. Yeah. It was still hard, by the way. But what happened to us is we threw tens of thousands of dollars in Facebook ads and we didn't know what the result was. 
to our business. Like we knew that Facebook ads were driving traffic and clicks, but we didn't know that what our revenue per lead was in the first 30 days. Mm. Yeah. So what? Who cares if we're getting 10,000 leads if you don't know? Yeah. I've um, had to deal with campaigns in the past that, you know, yeah, yeah. I like to tell any, you know, everybody, like the people I deal with and stuff, you know, potential clients to say anybody can run a Facebook or a Google ad. Okay. Anybody can go in, set up an account, run an ad, and I guarantee you, you'll get clicks. You know, no problem. You'll do that. But it's a matter where you're getting them. And that's what they often, mm -hmm. you know, don't understand. You know, I had a campaign uh, a few years ago that um, we were working with someone and they had been using an agency um, and for whatever reason they needed to make a switch. But the when we went into it, in, so we took over existing ads and, you know, the campaign account and stuff. And when we started looking at it, we said, yeah, this thing gets tons of clicks and they're super cheap. No problem. Yeah, except for we started looking because it was a it was commercial real estate. They were trying to generate mm -hmm. leads for it in like uh, L.A. Mm -hmm. And once I started digging in, I said, this traffic's worthless. Yeah, because they're, yeah, they're getting plenty of clicks and they're cheap because it's useless. It's not going to do that. No one will ever convert. You know, there's and, no intent. Yeah, yeah, there is no intent. They were just throwing out this wide swath. And, you know, the uh, person we were having to deal with, um, she had put herself in, into a hole in a bit of a pickle because with the client, she couldn't go back and tell, you know, tell them that she was the one that switched, you know, to somebody, you know, to us doing it. And when we told her what was going on in the behind the scenes, well, she didn't catch that on her own and had been dealing with that, you know, client and saying, Hey, we get all these cheap clicks. When we started messing with things and getting rid of the cheap clicks, the cost of the click went up and the traffic went down. Well, that's because we're trying to get you somebody can actually convert, you know, and so right. and because we had to start, you know, it's like I say, you know, you test audiences, you know, split testing can be audiences and any number of things. It's not just what you see on the front end. It's what you see on the back end. And, right. and you can run, you know, you can run the exact same ad. On the front end, it looks you have two ads and they're identical. But on the back end, the audience is different. One converts because it's based on you know you're targeting the right audience, and the other one doesn't. Same ad. What's the difference? Who I'm showing it to, you know. Right. And so, those are some of the things that you can use testing for, and you would be able to see. You know, that's when you're looking at the data. What does it mean? You know, this was it was such an important learning for me. I remember vividly. As you're talking about that, we were building a website for a client um, and I was fighting with them over the menu because I wanted the menu to be tight. I wanted it mm -hmm. to only have like the most valuable things. And the client was fighting me over one particular word uh, on the menu. And we kept going back and forth on it. And he, and he finally said it this way. He said, Chase, when somebody clicks that, it's worth $25,000 to me. So I want it on the menu bar. Hmm. It's like, yeah, that's the argument. Yeah, that's that the is. thing. Yeah, right. And so for me, it's remembering that a lot of the social media stuff, a lot of the external facing marketing that we do, you can get huge numbers. Mm -hmm. But a lot of that's vanity if it's not bringing the cash into the business to, yeah. to support the mission of the business. And I think that's something we forget sometimes when we're when we're taking on the scientist role is we got all these clicks. Look at all these clicks that we got you. What did they, what did they yield? Nothing. Yeah. So they're not worth, they're not worth the, 
money they're printed on? No, there's some digital <laughs> yeah. analogy. To yeah, I'm sure there is. But, yeah, but yeah. but that's exactly it. Yeah, that's why, like I say, when we're you know when we're doing these tests and stuff, and we're running the ads, we're having to look at multiple factors and stuff because, like I say, you you go along the chain. Yeah, the first is in some cases you can see where ads don't get shown for whatever reason. You know, so if you start with, with, are we in front of people? Okay. Then, mm -hmm. And then you go in, okay, now are we getting clicks? Okay. Now are we getting conversions? If we're not getting conversions, maybe the problem isn't our ad, you know, maybe it's the landing page, but it also could be the ad, but it's not necessarily what we're saying. It, like I say, it could be the audience itself. The people we're targeting are not the correct, you know, people. And so they don't That's really right. care about the offering because it's like I said, they're the wrong audience. So you have multiple, I guess, um, like, you know, along the route of an ad working, you have multiple areas that you have to check and test and such to, you know, to be able to get it right. That takes time and you have to have data to work with. You know, we have to be able to analyze it. So, you know, because no matter what, no ad comes out perfect. There's going to be somewhere that there's basically fault, you know, of, you know, there's something to, that, you know, that's missing the mark essentially, and it has to be adjusted. Yeah, it's that weak link, right? And I think that for when, when we're talking to clients, a lot of times they've already found that product market fit. Mm -hmm. And you might be talking to a client who doesn't have that. I'm talking to not you specifically, Cash, but I'm talking to yeah. the audience here. You might have a client who doesn't have product market fit, and that's the problem. Your job in the agency world is to tell them, hey, the problem is there's no product market fit here. Yeah. You got to you got to get that foundational issue right so that you can build ad campaigns that are successful or landing pages that are successful or lead magnets that whatever it is, if you don't have that product market fit right, you're hosed from the beginning. Yeah, and that's why it's important, you know, from the business owner's perspective that they work closely, especially in the beginning mm -hmm. with, the, you know, if they're using an agency, if it's an internal team, if it's, you know, you've got a fractional CMO or whatever you might be doing, you need, they need to understand that product market fit. You know, you, like say most business owners, because of their passion and stuff, they started the business for whatever reason. There's no one that will understand the business better than them and who they're selling to, or at least who they're trying to sell to. You know, so they have to be able to communicate that because, you know, like I say that depending on what you do, it could be a totally different audience. And then as a marketer, you have to be able to say, you know, okay, this makes sense or this doesn't, you know, like this is not, it's not going to work. And these are the reasons why, and it doesn't matter if I, you know, I could test out ads all day long, but I'm not going to, no matter what I'm going to be, you know, not going to get the traffic you need to make this you know, work. So the better you understand the business, the better you'll understand whether the campaign itself can work. And then your split testing will come into play. That's right. That's a hundred percent right. Um, and, you know, you never underestimate the power of the business owner to have a gut feel either. Mm -hmm. I think that the other thing that we as marketers have a tendency to do is discount the gut feel. And for us, um, when I think about when we have been wrong, it has been to the great benefit of the business owner we've been working for. Yeah. Because we have discounted a gut feel on a product or on a landing page or on a webinar, whatever it is. And with going with them, and saying, okay, well, we'll let that be the baseline. It allows us to, you know, understand yeah. where they saw the product market fit and let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, for business owners, they need to, I see this often um, with clients is, you know, 
the agency, whoever you're working with, right, should be able to provide reports on what's going on. But you need enough, you know, it's, it behooves you as a business owner to educate yourself enough to be able to ask, you know, good questions of them and, and know what they're doing in the background. Because there's a lot of people, depending on the experience level that they have, some might not be providing the reports or there's not enough of a breakdown to see what's successful and stuff, you know, because good marketers can dig into the data and they should be able to explain it to you and show and be able to tell you what, you know, they're doing and stuff. You know, um, an example I like to give is like, we've worked a lot in the trucking space in recruiting drivers and students too. And one of the things that we like learned early on when we first started working with some companies on that is, you know, we understand yet the, the goal is to recruit drivers and to do that, you have to understand the driver. So you talk product market fit. Okay. You got the product, you know, the, the product fit essentially is, hey, we need you to come work for us. We are the product. Okay, the company itself, because we're and we're providing driver jobs. We have openings and whatnot. But the market is the drivers that might make a switch. And so you had to understand, you know, what the drivers, how they interact with stuff. You know, what is their use? And like one of the first things we like learned after we were yeah, uh, like we started running ads and stuff and we started testing um, was, you know, how they were getting to the ads. You know, once we started looking at the traffic and we had enough data, we realized there was no point in running a desktop ad. There wasn't enough traffic and the traffic that, that there was, was twice as expensive as just going with more mobile. You know, unless you have an, yeah. you know, a strictly unlimited budget, we were like, okay, you know, every time we do get it, Yes, we can get clicks. We cannot get the same volume. It's like 10% of what we get on mobile or 15 or something. And like, we can make that up on the mobile side because we have plenty of room for growth there. And we could do it at a cheaper cost per click and they have a higher conversion rate. <laughs> so, yeah. and so you learn that with the data and then, you know, so now I've cut out essentially a piece of my audience based on technology. Yeah. Don't bother running desktop ads because if you think about a, a truck driver, they're in the truck. That's right. <laughs> you know, so they're not you, you know, they're not likely to have a laptop with them or a need for one or anything. And if they do, they never pull it out. You know, so you that's the thing. That's where the data can come in and you you understand. So you figure out, okay, you know, the better we understand who your audience is and what your product is and stuff, the better we're going to be able to target. And it doesn't matter like what it is. Like I say that's a driver. Okay. So my, right. my target is a person that I want to recruit. Yeah. So there's a lot of things you can do. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think that when you look at all the places that people go wrong with split testing or ads, that's the core is that they forget that these are real people on the other end of the ad. You gotta, yep. you gotta think real person. When is a, mom on her phone yeah you know yeah these are the things you have to think about it's really practical but if you can if you can marry the theory with the practical you're gonna you're gonna win because you're gonna run ads that make sense yeah that's a, a good example you you're you're given like um especially if you say okay when is a new mom on her phone probably mm -hmm. amazingly enough probably two in the morning you know <laughs> like right. you know because and what are they going to do they're not going to turn on the tv they got a you know they got a kid they're trying to put back to sleep you know so they're not going to do that but they will be on their phone yeah uh, right. and you know they'll be searching the web and stuff for different things and whatnot because that's the one thing they can do with the one free hand they probably have 
It's amazing. I th- it makes me think like, okay, you're you're that mom at 2 a.m. in the morning. What would be the most annoying thing to you about an ad? Sound. Oh, yeah. Sound on the ad would be the most annoying thing. Yeah. And you hear everybody say video ads convert better than text ads. Maybe not for a new mom. You got to think through that yeah. and, and really tailor your test to the person you're talking to. Yeah. And the test right there, if you go one step further, could be that, you know, run if you're running those ads for that target audience, everything's got captions. That's right. Because they're not going to be able to listen. enough, right? Yeah. You know, just for that very reason. Yeah, they don't want the sound on. That would be, you know, that's a really bad idea, you know, and stuff. And the thing is, is more than likely they have the volume off on the phone anyway. You know, that's 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 going to be a given. So don't bother with it. Yeah, video ads can convert and you can, you know, and video views are really cheap and stuff and they can do really well. But again, know your audience, you know. That's right. And so, yeah, there's a split test. Run them with the sound and run, you know, no captions versus captions. Yeah, tell you right out the gate who's going to, you know, which one's going to win. But, yeah, so that's the idea. Know your audience. Think about who you're actually targeting and what, how their behavior would actually be. You know, what would you do if you were that? Yeah, and I, I think the other portion of that, we, we are talking around one particular instance and we already have come up with three different test ideas. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to run out of test ideas when you know your audience. Yes. And throw them all at the board. Like, brainstorm broadly and then pick your best ideas to test first, but brainstorm broadly. Mm-hmm. And we, I was saying this on another podcast recently, Cash, but we were talking about um, marketing ideas. How do you generate marketing ideas? That's what somebody asked me. How many marketing ideas can you generate? It's like, I don't know, 10,000. Um, I was at a retreat one time and the goal was to generate marketing ideas for one brand as much as we could. And we were done when we got to skywriting, but the whiteboard was full of just like marketing (laughs) initiatives and ideas. We knew we were spent when we got to skywriting, but you're going to have enough ideas to test. You just got to make sure that you're systematic, intentional, measuring the results so that you can continue to improve Mm -hmm. over time. Yeah, well, that's a great, great um, part to like finish on because, you know, that's really great advice right there because, yeah, there we there are tons of ideas. If you take the time to brainstorm them and stuff, there's going to be all sorts of tests you can figure out to run. You just have to remember, don't run them all at the same time. You, you know, it's a progression. That's right. Yeah. You know, so take some of the best ones and say, I'm going to try this and this. And then you're going to work your way through them. And you're looking for, you're not looking for home runs. You're looking for a bunch of singles. But by the time you're done, you know, you've driven the score up for the game. Okay. Yeah. So that's the idea. It's incremental gains is what you're going to get. Well, Chase, this has been great. Um, how, how would people get a hold of you? Yeah. So I've actually opened some calendar time uh, for your audience, specifically cash. So if you go to leveragebrands.co slash pod, You'll find that there's a little video there, but there's also some time to book on my calendar. I'd love to talk with you guys individually about the challenges you're facing, um, whether from the agency perspective or business owner perspective, uh, and and just talk. I'm, I'm looking to meet people right now. So I appreciate the time to be on the podcast for sure, Cash. Um, and that's where they can find me, leveragebrands.co, not .com slash pod <laughs> and i and i appreciate you being on because i always like to be able to have conversations with people that really know you know they're uh, the subject you know like i say we talk marketing on all these podcasts and but we always try to dive into a specific thing and a b testing matters so much and so many things and you can apply it to the rest of your business too if you think about it you know and just go right. through you know how it might might be used. Um, my name is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. It's been another great episode. Thank you for joining us.